Let's go for real. It's for real. Oh my, what is the happenings, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. Coming to you uh, from the lovely control room of Mountaineer Studios. It's weird to have you in here to do this without a band in there and everything like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we just got, you know, we got on the go. Yeah. Which is cool. I always love these on the goes. I learn so much. It's fun to uh, you know catch up with a, a touring artist sometimes. Absolutely. Or one of our uh, one of our people from the north up there in Seattle. Oh, is that is that who we're hearing from today? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear an episode with Jay Gregory. Really cool. Uh, really cool chat. And Word. Just, a, just a really cool person and had some some good stories to to tell and uh, just has some uh, interesting experiences in the music biz. Stories, so stories about his life in the music biz and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Like touring, traveling. Yeah, just uh, you know, kind of being one of these artists who's uh, gotten some deals, but they haven't necessarily, uh, you know, panned out, and they've, you know, you kinda, as maybe expected. Yeah, some the of these artists, sign. you know, in the when they're at that level, they get in these situations where they get a record that they can't they they put all this time into making a record and then they can't get it released right and it just gets shelved yeah and, uh, right because the, there's somebody else with power that's like oh you know we're deciding that it's not a good time to release this uh, this project right now yeah the, absolutely the market's not ripe for something of this genre or whatever the stupid reason yeah it's, they, just, it's just crazy because you you have the experience of you know that ultimate high of achieving your goal and you're gonna make this you know this yeah, big like studio a record right. with a with a label and and then all of a sudden it's just shelved and and you have no you know rights or ability to get to that music and right so yeah we definitely talked about that and hit him going um you know he's originally from seattle and he made it down to la and making records or and and whatnot and then just how that experience you know can can kind of break you down and make you not want to uh pursue the art anymore right well you get if you turn it into a grind you know like a daily grind like you're going out you know what i mean it, it does change the perspective of the art yeah and absolutely. It, it's hard to I don't know. I've I've found with people, it's hard to be creative if you're thinking too much about a business aspect of it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's one of those types of deals. So. Yeah. So he he, he took some time away, yeah. and uh, he wasn't done making tunes. So cool. uh, he made this this really great pop record, right? And just some really good songwriting. Probably. Probably, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like you know, it's an independent release. And yeah. He just worked with the people he wanted to on it, and it's. It's really cool. It's a it's a cool record. We talk about it a, a bit, and uh, it's part of the beauty of this new world where you know gears a little bit more accessible to different people, and you know it, it's just it has kind of flattened the playing field and given people the opportunity to make their own records and and not be under the thumb of somebody else and still be able to put together you know cool productions. So, yeah, awesome. no stuff. So we'll get into that in a second. Word. But of course, we have some show notes. Oh, show notes! <laughs> everybody loves them. Show notes. Come on, everybody. Is, is it getting any better? <laughs> It's, like it's, it's a little more, a little better on the rhythm. You, you know, <laughs> I feel like it was. It was. A, I thought the last one was super strong. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, I'll keep working it. Back um, on the show. So yeah, we 
just as always, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please head over to the iTunes and and hit the program with a uh, a five star review on the iTunes and a subscribe. Say a few nice words about the podcast, and uh, that's super helpful in getting some more national attention and driving some people that normally wouldn't know about the podcast to the podcast. Right, and therefore the artists that are performing and and being involved in the podcast, which is you know the ultimate goal. Absolutely, awareness. So. Please do that. Maybe hit up the DanCablePresents.com. If you want to donate a few dollars, you can do that there. Or if you just want to share a video on the YouTube channel and, get and yourself, subscribe there. Get yourself a baseball tee baseball over tees. there. Hey, nah. Wear the beard and glasses. Have your own. Absolutely. Everybody loves them. Get one for mom. <laughs> Why not? Uh, also, the Tribe Mars doc is uh, the documentary is, is in the works. Yeah. It's, it's looking good. It's getting the final and, buffs and you know, polishes. I think, or what? I think we're gonna have a, a cool final product here pretty soon. Sweet and stoked to release that. Uh, that Tribe Mars, they're awesome. Yeah, it was Great a really band. cool show, and you made it sound excellent. Hey, on, fantastic! On the, uh, the live feed, so you crushed it on the on the mix down. On well, that. I'm always glad to hear that I've done well. Yeah, absolutely. At the backside, you're, you know what I mean? It. Like during it, they're, they're like, oh, as far as I know, yeah, you're doing great, you know. But uh, it's great to come up the end. Um, <laughs> also, visit the Vortex Music Magazine uh, website where you can find some some video premieres from the Dan Cable Presents uh, podcast. Right. Uh, recently, did the Falcon Heart one for Living in the Dark, so oh, that is up there. So a cool little write up on the on the band and whatnot. And then the Isabel uh video premiere should should be happening pretty soon here word so stay on the she was fun that was a great episode absolutely too. that was one of my favorites yeah number 65 65 man i, I said it when it. i posted it i hate i hate to choose you know like to right. play favorites because we've had so many great artists in here amazing sometimes something happens within the conversation that just really makes an episode special so 65 number if you 65, haven't checked that one out please mm-hmm. please do go back mm-hmm. some great songs she played as well her songs, um, man, they're, they're, the hooks were just digging into me. I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I was just like, what? How am I, <laughs> How am I feeling I listen, this way? Well, you know, or, you know, I listen to it multiple times as I'm mixing them down or whatever, but, you know, and sometimes they get a little bit of extra chance to dig into my brain. But like two, three days later, I'm still like, you know, humming this harmony. I'm like, hey, or this, this melody. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Something's there. Yeah, I get, those, I get those lines stuck in my head. Something's going on here, kid. Um, And then... The live program is going to be next couple of weeks. We'll be putting out the live the three. Live, yeah. Live two. Live two. Yeah. The first that. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The tribe thing wasn't, you know, a live podcast. Oh, that's true. We didn't so. go. We didn't. That's right. We did. But on June 8th, mm-hmm. back on June 8th, we recorded at the White Eagle, a that live podcast, and we're going to release it in uh, two separate parts. And that features some great artists. So look forward to that as well as some videos. And just as far as the calendar, July 15th, Saturday, this Saturday, Slow Corpse is at Bunk Bar. They're from Ashland. You should really check that out. I'm going to try to be there for sure. Also, during the day on July 15th, there's a free show at Laurel Thirst uh, Public House. Word. It's it's at noon to two. And uh, it is Camp Crush. Who is formerly Santi Am? You're wearing a their, Camp Crush I'm, hat I'm right my, now. I'm rocking my Camp Crush trucker yeah, hat right I was now. I was going to ask you, who's Camp Crush? They're kid? Camp Crushing it, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love them so much. They're they're uh, some some really good people, and uh, they've too. Yeah, they've just completely uh, you know 
they were formerly Santi Am and they've completely kind of uh, given the band a full makeover and it's a completely different vibe and I, I like the direction they're heading in and nice. they got some they've added some cool members and uh, yeah just a cool band so that's a free show if you're looking for something to do during the day on Saturday right like two. wake up have some coffee go catch a show why not sounds great and then July 21st through the 23rd free music festival underneath the Hawthorne Bridge this is PDX Pop now that's uh, oh yeah ongoing music festival here in portland Worked and a few uh, years ago lots so. of cool bands boone howard uh and all kinds of people are on this thing including some some people that have have been on the program um Kululu has not been on the program but definitely hoping to get them on love yeah. those kids yeah they're, the they're best. so amazing they're so great <laughs> Uh, ha- hoping to have them on soon. You should go to PDX Pop now, basically just to see. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> oh, I love those. Kids. But as far as like some folks that have been on the show or that I've worked with, uh, I mentioned Tribe Mars. That doc's coming out. Word. They're going to be there. Uh, Bryson the Alien from Some Aliens nice. will be performing. Rashid Jamal, nice. Rashid always kills. And Karma Rivera, who we just had on the live program, fantastic. So I'm stoked for uh, for that music fest. That's going to be really cool. Please go check that out. It's over uh, by the Audio Cinema and uh, underneath that Hawthorne Bridge. So that's uh, July 21st through the 23rd, Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday. Three days of a free music festival. Yeah, there was. Uh, I mean, I think I was involved a few years ago when one of the bands tried to like tear the PA down. It was good times. <laughs> <laughs> it was Great endorsement. First, one of my first experiences like that, where the band was like, "All right, let's." They got a little rowdy. You know but, what I'm saying? You know, if you're somebody that's been thinking about going to see some music uh-huh. and you haven't really got out of this uh, local scene, that's a that's a good start because yeah. you're going to see all kinds of different genres of music and all kinds of local artists. Absolutely. So. We should get into this uh, episode though with you Jay think? Gregory. I mean, I'm it's down episode with you. It's sixty-seven. I'd love. I mean, we chat forever. Absolutely, but it's you know what I think is going to happen soon. What's that? You know what I think is really going to happen. I think you know one of these uh, these episodes uh-huh. here pretty soon is just going to be <laughs> a Mountaineer Mike episode. What? Because we haven't we haven't dove deep on Mountaineer oh, Mike. You're going to like do an episode yeah, on absolutely. Me? I don't see why oh not. My, no, because yeah. nobody no, and that's yeah. not interesting to anybody. I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> There's all these. What about the people that have listened wow. to all 68 episodes or so uh-huh. of this? Yeah, they know who you are, man. Well, that's cool. And I, I love them. They're <laughs> awesome. I, they're they're all great people for being part of the program. And I, I'm just like so happy to be, you know, do my part in the program. So, uh, well, we got, you know, maybe you know, you know we can eke out some stuff periodically. One day when we're in a pinch, maybe I'm just in every episode you could just turn and ask me a personal question, <laughs> and we'll start making it, you know, part of the program. That'd be fun, you know. <laughs> Listen next week and find out when Mountaineer Mike actually took the turn from radio. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> <He's just looking laughs> I'm at me. Uh, that's that's the teaser. Huh? On. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to kick the uh, episode off with a song off of Jay Gregory's new record, which is called Gold Teeth and Glass Eyes. This is the uh, the title track, or mm. not the title track, I'm sorry, the first track. Oh, this is the initial, this is like this the, is the, the first track release. on the record. Oh, okay, this is number one. Yeah, number one, this is the first track. This is how track. it comes out. This is how it starts. Wow. So this is episode 67. Nice. With Jay Gregory, and this is a tune called E-Flower. Get into it. Dan Cable presents, kids.
Gregory, what's what's shaking? How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. Right. Uh, stoked at the opportunity to to connect with you today. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I first heard about you on the Air Raid podcast. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, totally with Aaron. Well, yeah, so and that was a podcast, you know, based out of Seattle that I was yeah. following for a while, and yeah, he's since kind of. Uh, taking a break i'm hoping it's totally. just a hiatus I know, and right? that, that he returns with the uh the show sometime because yeah. it's a great show it was really awesome and uh yeah i remember hearing your episode on yeah. there and uh I'm just super intrigued by your story cool, and whatnot yeah. and then um i just kind of started exchanging emails with ian eventually yeah, right and on. he uh asked me if i like would ever want to sit down and talk with you and totally. i was just like i totally know that yeah, is. yeah yeah, yeah so, totally absolutely that's um, so cool i love that yeah so i've been kind of geeking out on your your record the last uh, couple days awesome. which is uh gold teeth and glass eyes exactly yep definitely want to uh you know kind of take a, a dive into that a yeah, bit yeah. but um 
just would kind of love to like lay down some foundation for from like where you come from. Totally. And, uh, you have some some music experiences that, that yeah. I would like to touch on a little bit. For so, sure. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, you grew up in the Seattle area and are currently based in that general general area now? Yep, yep. Born and raised in Seattle and uh, based out of there now. The band's been together for about almost two years based out of Seattle. Yeah, so it's been a good run up there. Right on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, how, how early on did you pick up an instrument yeah it was probably the first one was the saxophone which was in like fifth grade you know and then the first rock instrument was the bass guitar and i think that was around like 15 and then i started my first band then and we actually ended up getting a seven inch put out by a label and started getting yeah yeah was that delore it was delore okay, yeah cool. yeah exactly yeah um yeah so i played bass in that band and we had a lot of like local success and opened up for death cab and paid with lion and you know back in that time it was super exciting i mean we were, yeah that's right yeah we were so stoked and those guys were all so nice to us and really like you know gave us a lot of good encouragement and insight and still stuff that i think about to this day like chris walla telling me stuff and um so that was a really cool environment to be growing up in and like learning you know from your like older peer groups that were death cab for cutie and modest mouse and all those bands you know yeah absolutely yeah and I think that that you and I hover around the same age of like yeah. early, early to mid thirties. Totally, exactly. Uh, yeah, was what was it like growing up in Seattle during the like nineties boom of Nirvana? Totally. And, and the grunge explosion. Yeah, man. I mean, it was really really cool. I had I was a little bit young, but I had older siblings and older friends. <clears throat> so I mean, it was just electric, you know. I mean, everything from you know, 120 minutes on MTV was just all Seattle bands and it felt like, you know, the Seattle Center and downtown and Pike Place. It was just like at any time you could run into the Soundgarden guys or Allison Chains or whatever. And, you know, as a kid, it was just so electric and encouraging as a musician, a young musician. It was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be, you know? Yeah. So it obviously I had like huge impact on totally what would later uh, yeah. become a music journey for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even at that time too, there was so many bands like Sunday Day Real Estate and all these like, you know, not Nirvana, epic, you know, mainstream bands, but so many good bands from Seattle, like On Sub Bop and, you know, all those labels. And yeah, it was amazing to be a part of that as yeah. a kid. Uh, definitely. That, I mean, that was all my, all the stuff that like hit early for totally. me was just that, that whole Nirvana era, totally. the, the Pearl Jams and whatnot. Me too. So, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, it was definitely fun to like when moving up here yeah. just uh just kind of getting to spend some time in the northwest and, yeah. and understanding where that music comes from totally you know? yeah <laughs> and there is like such a part of the northwest i think that comes out i mean especially with soundgarden and those heavier bands it's like the gray is real up here you know it's yeah like, absolutely yeah um you grew up pretty uh like strict re religious background it's true too, yeah. right yeah so how did you uh how did you manage to to get into to the music that you wanted to, to yeah, listen to. It was tough, honestly. I mean, uh, you know, I think my parents were trying to do the best. I don't think they were trying to, you know, hurt me or anything like that. But I definitely had to, like, hide my Nirvana records in my underwear drawer and, like, uh, you know, my Stone Temple Pilots records and all that <laughs> stuff. But, um, but yeah, I really had to kind of navigate, like, outside of the familia structure. And, and really that's where, like, music became this whole new family for me because I didn't identify with religion and all of that. Um music became this super important family to me that was just there for me through understanding my, 
you know, sexuality and being queer and um, and just growing up as a person in general, it was just this huge support system. And so it's amazing, like being on tour right now in this van and like I think about the guys in the band and the crew and it's just like, I love them all so much and it's such a cool thing to be able to like travel and play music with people like a family like that. It's it's really, really cool. Yeah, I find that to be sort of the the fun thing about the the artist community. Is yeah, it, it's totally. like all walks of life. That kind totally. of totally everyone's welcome and accepted. And yeah, and it's totally it's just interesting having the road adventures. Yeah. And, and you kind of find out who you're going to try to connect with next yeah, time. Who, yeah, who you might never connect exactly. with again. Exactly, yeah, totally. That's true as well. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Do you do you feel like uh, like that strict background um, just has a lot of has had a lot of impact on like your person now and, and still like shows its face in, in what you're doing. I think so a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, um, it's definitely something that as a child, you know, you don't you believe what your parents tell you and you're kind of like trying to be a good kid or whatever it is. Um, and so I think as an adult learning how to like navigate, like what is real to me and what I find to be truth and satiates my soul, like that really does come out in my music and, and it's, I've come to a lot of a much better place of peace with it, but it was a it was a struggle, you know, to like realize like where I stand with it all and and to go against what your family says and things like that. Um, it's it's difficult to draw those lines, but but I feel great about you know being able to express it through music and exercise it that way. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and you've you're obviously like far enough away from that experience yeah. to to realize like. You kind of touched on for a second that you know your parents were doing totally. the best that they could do, exactly. and, and Absolutely. I think that's what you you start to realize as you get older. Yeah, totally. That uh, it's probably not that yeah, easy, exactly. and uh, yeah. the world's kind of a crazy place. Totally. And yeah. I think that you know, obviously, everybody's just trying to do what they think is best for their kids Absolutely. and like shelter them from totally. the evils yeah, of the exactly. world and totally. whatnot. Yeah. Like, which totally makes sense. And I, yeah, maybe not with that extent, but I understand the sentiment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how, so you, you had like the earliest success with Delore. Yeah. And, um, and then you eventually headed out to LA. I kind of, I made a pit stop in Sacramento after Delore. Um, and that's kind of where I started <clears throat> teaching myself how to sing and started becoming like the main songwriter of a band. And, um, so I, in Sacramento, I ended up booking my own club and started the band The Drama that ended up getting signed to Geffen um, in the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, after Seattle, Sacramento, and then from Sacramento down to L.A. And uh, yeah, what was the... You, you like eventually would have like a record shelved on Geffen, right? Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, like what was that experience and how did that like play out into yeah. eventually not having something released totally yeah it was so interesting it's like <clears throat> you know there was a good two years of writing and recording songs demoing showcasing just really making this push to get the backing of a label to make you know the best record that i could make um, and through that two-year process you know pouring myself writing you know probably 50 60 songs um and finally ended up getting a deal with geffen um went and made a record in la getting ready to mix it in London with Alan Mulder, who's like my hero of mixing at that time. And uh, and it gets shelved and DreamWorks merges with Kevin and it's just like, holy shit, okay, all these three years basically of work is just like evaporated and there's no access to it. I can't even hear the songs because the label has them in a vault. So it was extremely demoralizing. Um, but 
I picked myself back up, got a second deal. Eventually, the same thing kind of happened. It evaporated, got a third deal. And it was just like, at that time, I had to take a break. And I took basically five years off, and I couldn't even listen to music on the radio. It was just too painful, you know, to because it's such a music is so powerful to me and I love it so much and so to feel like I didn't have a say in making music it was just super painful so there was a good five years where I just couldn't even listen to music let alone play it or or write it or anything yeah I would imagine that would like really fuck with your psyche after like (laughs) going through those experiences and really did not even getting to like share yeah like the work that you put in totally like even now like we just released our record and it's like you know, when, like, I get every email when somebody listens to it or buys it, and it's like, it matters so much to me every time I see that or every time I hear it that someone heard the song or responded to a song. It's just so exciting after having, you know, basically 10 years of working on records that never saw the light of day. It's very rewarding now. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's just, uh, like, one of the great things about being an independent artist right now. Totally. Is that there's the uh, accessibility for everybody. And, and people across the world to check out your music. Totally. And you can just drop albums when you yeah, want to drop them. Exactly. And you, and you obviously, you know, you've had some label experiences. Yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe hopefully you can make some more strategic totally, decisions exactly. on how you do things. But, yeah. like, if you want to put out two albums tomorrow, yeah, you can it. put <laughs> out two <laughs> albums tomorrow. Totally, like, yeah. If you feel like that's the right thing for, exactly. for your shit. Yeah, it's so cool to be able to have that ability. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's also just crazy, you know, to see how many like major label artists that have followings yeah have the same issues where yeah. they like make a record yeah and then the label yeah. like just no we're not going to yeah. put it out yeah and, you know like i think something's happening like in the hip-hop world right now with action bronson oh yeah it's like just had this record just sitting there and he just keeps tweeting yeah like to his label like yeah put my put it out, album yeah, out. Exactly. like Let's what the fuck this. yeah dude? totally it's just crazy yeah. how much how much control they it have is. over how that works and yeah whatnot. and when i got dropped from geffen i mean i was one of like 140 that day and there was a lot of successful artists that were just like in the red and so they got axed and it's that that's when you realize it is just a corporate situation it's not about art it's about monetization and and i understand you have to make money and all that but it's just ridiculous the level that they work on it with and yeah the souls that they take <laughs> absolutely uh during that that time that you were with geffen did you have the opportunity to work with any like big names that you were you were pretty uh yeah stoked I, about i lived with jonathan davis from corn uh which That's insane. yeah which he's <laughs> such an awesome guy um i was never really a corn fan of the music but um but he's such a good guy and i totally to this day just have so much respect for him and um and i learned a lot from him and and again i i look to our time to this day and and refer to it as like yeah okay like remember this and remember his grace and his confidence and his humility in these situations and act like that you know and it was really cool to be around someone like that yeah that's cool to have a mentor in that yeah totally yeah were you were you pretty young during that time i was pretty young and i was like partying really hard and drink i mean i was drinking a fifth a day and doing whatever in front of me and yeah he was sober uh and i think he still is but at the time he was he was sober for three years and so that again was like a real like asset for me when it was time for me to hang up the drinking it was like dude, look, like Jonathan totally did that and he's a great guy and super successful, happy, you know, you can do all those things without booze. <laughs> like, so that was really helpful for me. And, um, but yeah, he's a, he's a super good guy. 
That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. Living with <laughs> the dude from corn. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It was it was a really fun time. <laughs> Probably didn't anticipate that when you're watching those no. T R L countdowns exactly. with like freak yeah, on totally. a leash on there, just like exactly. that guy. It's I gonna never, be my roommate. Never <laughs> thought that. <laughs> That's a good I never thought of it that way too. That's hilarious. Uh and then when did you uh start forming this uh new iteration yeah, yeah. of what you're doing. So I approached Robert Cheek, who's the guitar player of the band, and he also produced and engineered the record. Um, and he's one of my longest tenured friends. I've known him for 15 years. Um, slept on his couch when I was homeless, all that kind of stuff. And um, I approached him and was just like, hey man, like I've got a couple of songs. I feel really good about them. Like, I've always wanted to do a project with you. Can we do it? And he was like, let's do it. And so we did these two, three songs. We're like, this is turning out really cool. Let's do a record. So we went down to California, recorded at Stinson Beach, and <clears throat> kind of fleshed out the band afterwards because we were like, holy crap, this is like really coming together. We feel really good about it. Um, we want to take it on the road. And so it kind of just, it, it didn't start with like an intention to be what it is now, but it just happened organically and grew naturally. And it's kind of how the stage show, like everything is evolving in this real like natural way, which feels, I don't know, super exciting. Right. Yeah. Um... Cool, let's get into uh, a track off the record. Sounds good. Uh, we're going to play Cave Birds. Cool. Which, uh, you have a video for this one as totally. well, which is super rad. Cool. I was checking that out today. Thanks. So this is uh, Jay Gregory with uh, Cave Birds. Across the cold 
that was uh, Cave Birds off the uh, new record, Gold Teeth and Glass Eyes, which is uh, a really beautiful collection of, of uh, like these big, powerful pop songs, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I've been going pretty hard on it the last yeah. couple of days. And as soon as I hit play, that, that first track comes on, which is E Flower, yeah. which we played at the top of the podcast. And uh, I was just pretty blown away by yeah. all the production yeah. and and just like sonically, it's one of the best records I've heard this year. Cool. And uh, it just has all kinds of vibes that I really yeah. dig. Like I'm I'm a huge Phil Collins fan. Oh, me too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> if people are playing the Dan K. War Presents podcast drinking game, they, like <laughs> just took a, a shot because for every time that I say Phil <laughs> Phil Collins on this podcast, I love that. I'm probably sick of it. But <laughs> Drink up. Uh, yeah, Phil Phil's a big deal to me. So Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it. not just like in the like the vocal approach, but just yeah. a lot of the production stuff. Totally. I just hear some of that shit, in yeah. there and I'm just like, "This is so rad." Totally, yeah. And um, Andrew McMahon is another mm-hmm. dude that I grew up listening to from like something corporate totally. and Jack's Mannequin. Yeah, and he's kind of shifted more into the pop world now with his Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness stuff. Totally, and uh, just a big fan of that stuff. Yeah, as well. absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I just feel like it's it's right there in that yeah. realm. Just like really well written yeah like three and a half minutes exactly. songs there's nine tracks on yep. the album and exactly it's yep like, exactly <laughs> by the time it's over i'm ready to yeah like, for it to just keep totally yeah again, exactly. which is rad that was kind of the idea <laughs> yeah so you so you just went in with the two songs initially then yeah we went in with erase the shore and floodlands basically okay um and then i like was kind of unsure i was like hey robert i've got these demos like what do you think about e-flower and rare poisons and they were just you know me on my computer demo and he was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are we not recording these songs? And I'm like, I don't know. And so he's like, okay, let's book some time. And then uh, <clears throat> after he kind of gave me that injection of confidence, um, then I went out to the San Juan Islands and kind of wrote the rest of the record. Um, and then that's where Cave Birds and Giants and Porcelain Doll all came. And yeah, it's been super fun making the record and now getting out and playing it. <laughs> yeah, I love, like, one of the things I like a lot about the record is, like, the mix of the... Yeah. The live drums and like the electronic vibes. Totally, like, totally. It's a really good mix. Yeah, that's yeah. big for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love all that like Depeche Mode, Eurythmics, like all that Jeff Lynne kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, and then just as it, it's one of these records that as it gets deeper and deeper for me, it just I just fall in love with it yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. And totally. uh, like after the first four tracks, I feel like you know I felt like I had it pretty pinned down what yeah. was going on and then bees comes totally on, yeah and that's kind of more of like this late 90s yeah. early 2000s totally alternative rock feel totally it's like reminds me of, of stuff like filter totally and, yep, and, exactly yeah um totally and yeah just kind of I was just like oh okay like I I don't know what else is coming on yeah, this right. like maybe maybe I don't have it all pinpointed <laughs> down totally um, you talked to me about Bees a little bit. I really yeah. like that was one of my favorite tracks on the record. Yeah, so. it's actually mine and Robert's favorite track when we were making the record. That was the really like one that we were. I sent him the demo for that, and he was just like, "Dude, can't wait to dig into this one." And we kind of had we referenced like you know, Smashing Pumpkins, kind of that late filter, like you said, like that late '90s kind of vibe with that. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a song about my alcoholism and just how far I had taken it, drinking a fifth a day for you know over a decade. Um, and it, it that that song definitely i mean the, a lot of the songs are about just my depression dealing with all that like recovery from the major label <laughs> debacle to say the least um and the alcoholism and everything but 
but there's still like this like optimism I feel like and like in the tone of bees like it's like it's super somber and sad but I still feel this like it's gonna be okay like thing I don't know that's kind of like a line that goes through the record um, yeah but yeah I'm glad you keyed in on bees because that's definitely like the turning point for me for the record <laughs> absolutely and yeah it definitely has that vibe throughout I think where yeah. you know there's it's it's some heavy material yeah totally but I feel like all of the songs have like this energetic and uh, like light at the end of the tunnel yeah vibe. totally like, yeah this hope like yeah hope to, yeah to cling on to as well totally yeah. yeah like New Order is one of my all-time favorite bands and I feel like they have this like weird blend of like it's so poppy but it's like fucking dark you know and it's yeah. like it, you can tell there's like a like a weight and a gravity to like what they're doing and singing about and I really love that kind of like accessible music but that has something a little bit more substantial behind it yeah absolutely uh, I think that's one of the reasons uh, Jim Adkins from Jimmy yeah. World like really resonates yeah, with me and, totally. and I've heard him talk about a similar thing where yeah. you know like he deals with some some heavy content but yeah. he always tries to make it have some sp sort of like spin of hope yeah totally like within it exactly by the end of it totally yeah. yeah that's how I feel I mean like that's kind of how I am in my life too but it's like I know the world sucks and I know there's all this <laughs> shit that sucks, but like we got to find the good in it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is uh, being sober just changed the approach of how you're, how you're dealing with all the, the art and the production of music and all, all of that? It is. Yeah. I mean, alcohol was like my, like, I would not pick up a guitar without a bottle of whiskey first, you know what I mean? Like that was just first things first here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I definitely had to reapproach the whole game, you know? Um, but I find that I'm just like, I mean, it's that whole thing where like, I thought I couldn't write without alcohol and I thought that alcohol was what was fueling the creativity. And then as soon as I was able to, like, get over that and, like, stand on my own two feet, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was, like, so much holding me back. Like, and so now writing has become this really, like, it's way more fun in a way. Like, I don't know. I don't get bogged down and exhausted after two hours and then it's, like, over. So yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been a really, it's like a whole new world, really. So it's been exciting to, like, learn again how to write songs after doing it for a decade. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think as a like a creative type that you know has like uses substances and, yeah. and has addictions it can totally they there can be a lot of fear behind yeah. doing it sober totally yeah because you think maybe yeah. you're not gonna be able to do it totally well yeah. anymore yeah, you know? right, <laughs> like exactly. maybe it's just gonna be shit now that totally yeah yeah and i mean i i totally think there is something to like using drugs and drinking to like create like i i think it totally has a place in art and can be used to the advantage of the artist for sure I was just a little out of hand with it. <laughs> it's easy to do that. Yeah. It's a little overboard. <laughs> Especially when you're parting with Jonathan. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. And his whole crew. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, just as the, the record gets deep, deeper and deeper, it ends with ships yep. and floodlands yep. and, and ships. That, that piano line is just mm. beautiful on that one. And That's become the, our favorite song to play live, actually. Yeah. And just... The, uh, rhythmically on the on totally. the vocal and, yeah, the, and the drum exactly. kit on that one, yep, totally so rad. Yeah, and and then in, it ends with Floodlands, which yep. is just another great song. Yeah, thanks. And yeah, just just a lot of positive vibes. Yeah, like we're talking about man. totally. Just I feel it. <laughs> he heavy content, but positive yep. vibes. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, front to back, it's just a really cool collection of songs. And Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I feel like it's just really well done. And Thank you. Very, very impressed. Thank you, know? you very much. I think um, <laughs> talked about a few times on, on the podcast throughout different episodes of, you know, that 
there's a stigma attached to to pop music. Yeah, totally. And that that it's shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I think that you know you've you've accomplished like doing it with with character, yeah, and making it you. interesting. Yeah, and, like, thank you. And it's okay to like make yeah, pop music exactly. If you make pop music, right? You know? like, exactly. It's, it's funny because people are always like, "What do you sound like?" or "What kind of music do you make?" And so the default answer now is dark pop because. If we put dark in front of it, it legitimizes it somehow. <laughs> Cinematic pop. Right. It's, it's epic pop. But, yeah. but ultimately, I totally agree with you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, maybe, I guess you've already, like, touched on that a lot of this record derives from, you know, like, the depression that yeah. you've experienced, like, not just through the, like, mm-hmm. Geffen drop, but yep. but just in life in general stuff. Yeah, so totally. Yeah, what are, what are the important messages for you to get across like through your art right now yeah like for yourself and for others like yeah you know it's interesting i mean it's kind of been a concept or topic that's come up recently um but yeah again it kind of goes back to like music being an art being like a safe place for people that are fringe or different or you know not mainstream culture um and for me, as a queer kid growing up, it was like seeing Kurt Cobain in a dress was super empowering. And then that led me to David Bowie and that led me to Grace Jones and that led me to Freddie Mercury. And it became this whole like, whoa, like I'm not alone. And I really, you know, I think there's a place for that in rock music and, and pop music where, you know, it can be a safe place for kids and it can be a safe place for people to understand who they are and their identity, even if that is left field or outside of the lines or or, or inside the lines too or whatever, you know, like it's for everybody. And Music being that equalizer is just one of the many things that makes music fucking the most powerful thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just, yeah, I love your your commitment to the whole thing too. Just yeah. as far as like being a front man of this band, you know. Yeah. And and the makeup goes totally. on every night yep. for every show. Every and, night. And I'm sure that's that's not something that you know, uh I'm sure rather I'm I'm sure that it takes time to like make make all that happen. It it's does. like time you have to allow it's and for, a lot. for it to happen. But yep. Um yeah, I was watching this video that uh was recently put out by Shortcuts. Yeah, totally. It was actually you you talking about sort yeah. of how the makeup is this transformative yeah. experience for you. Yeah. Can you kind of like expand upon that a little bit? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it kinda one element that it started out with me quitting drinking was like, I don't know if I can perform without alcohol. Um, and so this, the makeup kind of was like an early on concept that when I started writing songs, I would like put eyeshadow on and mascara and feel like, okay, I'm going to like get ready and write a song, you know? And I reverted back to that and I was like, yeah, you know, that gave me some confidence. That gave me some strength. Like, let's try that now with removing alcohol. Let's, let's get a little bit bigger stage show going. And it, and it helped and it gave me a little confidence and we had these, burlesque boylesque transgender statues on stage and um and it just became like this very like spiritual kind of like pulling me into a gravitational place of like okay this is who i am on stage and this is me tapping into where i was when i wrote those songs and so it really does kind of like shed the outside world and focus me into where i'm hoping to be on stage (laughs) yeah because there's so many different like peripheral like things that happen when you're on tour there's every day there's like malfunctions like gear like all these different things and it's like for that 30 45 minutes that we're on stage i want to connect with everyone i want them to reverberate inside you know and so it takes a lot to get to that headspace for me um to be able to convey that emotion so this is a big part of like getting me there 
Yeah, this is sort of like a meditative yeah, time almost for you. Absolutely. Like, all right, like the transformation is happening. It totally Showtime is. Showtime is, is nearing. Exactly. And your opportunity to go, you know, speak to these people. Exactly. And, yeah. and let loose. Totally. Yeah, I, yeah. I just dig I dig the vulnerability of yeah, that. Yeah, you know, totally. You're just like going out there and doing that and just like really committing to it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Also it feels re- that way on stage. I definitely, vulnerability, I think, is one of the key words. Like, when I leave the stage, I'm like, just like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like an but, out-of-body experience. Yeah, it really just, is. Yeah. Just kind of leaving it all out there. And totally. Just a moment to actually be free. Yeah, it really is. Be super present and everything. Totally. It's yeah. very interesting. And it's very cool for, like, the vibe of what you're doing, too. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know that it's, like, necessary for, you know, everyone to... to yeah go out and do that and do like the makeup or the totally. costumes things but it, totally like it really makes sense in certain areas you yeah know? and like i said i just think it like really boosts the the bar yeah as far as totally like, oh like this band's fucking like, yeah in it like yeah. they came to put on yeah, a show tonight, we mean yeah. it every night it's true it's rad <laughs> yeah we've got our light director tim samakula with us i mean he's amazing and amy bilhars does our visual projections and so the three things with the makeup the visuals and the lights it's like they all kind of build off of each other and play together. And every night, it doesn't matter how big or small, like the house show, we did full makeup, full projections yeah. in somebody's living room in San Francisco on Friday night. And it was so cool. Like, That's rad. And people were just like, what? We've never, like, in a living room? Like, Well, it's just like, you're creating a world at that point. Yeah, exactly. Inviting people in. Exactly. So it's, it's yeah. on them to, like, exactly. step over that line yeah, with you. Yeah, totally. And if we're, they want to, cool. If not, that's cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> But rad. it's there if they want. <laughs> awesome, man. Totally. Uh, I appreciate you hanging before Thank your you. show and taking you. the yeah. time to, to connect. My like, pleasure. Love your tunes. Thank and you. stoked to uh, see what the live show is yeah, like. Yeah, totally. So I've heard great things. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people keep up with uh, what you're doing? Yeah, mostly Facebook's our big hub, and then Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all that stuff. Groovy. Yeah, I'll put the uh, I'll put the links in the in the show notes yeah, so perfect. people can easily just click on that stuff. And yeah, Instagram's big too since we have a lot of content with the the visual show. Yeah, so it's cool to see all the for me even I'm like, whoa, that's what it looks like. That's awesome. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys cruise through uh, Portland again Heck soon. Heck yeah, September. Uh, you already got a September show. We'll be back. All right. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. Yep. Um, and it is tradition that we end each episode of the podcast with the guests saying it's a program. So if you could give us it's a uh, a good it's a program. It's can, a program. There it is. <laughs> That's uh, Jay Gregory nailing it. Uh, we're gonna play it out with a uh, song off off the new record called Floodlands. This is Jay Gregory. Catch you on the flip side, Portland.
It's a program.